take care of your sister, all right? Daryl's been calling her ass kicker. Ass kicker? Has he now? I've been thinking, what should we really call her? What do you think? Remember my third grade teacher, Mrs. Mueller? Of course. Her first name was Judith. Do you think that's a good name? I think that's, that's a fine name. Judith it is. song i i like music like that you don't think it's creepy though no i mean like i besides like the heavy metal i listen to i like to fall asleep to stuff like that oh you can fall asleep to that oh yeah there's like playlist like a uh, compilation things on youtube where it's like um oldies playing but it's raining outside so they'll have like Oli's playing in another room and it's raining. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And it'll have like that sort of era of music sounding like it's playing like in the off in the distance. And then they have like rain pattering like on a window or a roof or something. It's it's the best thing ever. It's so calming. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's just it gives me the heebie jeebies. It makes me think of. You know, like it—it's really because of the shining. The shining is is the is the reason of it, and that is something that uh, that 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 should definitely be a boner episode at some point. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I was gonna say, like, obviously, it depends on the context that these are being played in. Like, yes, very creepy in the scene that the song was featured in, but like, if it was was playing in oldies in another room and it's raining, I would love it. Yeah. Well, to each their own. I think it's just it gives me the the willies, and I ain't talking about my next door neighbor. Um, so, welcome back, everybody. We are on episode seven of season three. This is called "When the Dead Come Knocking." Yeah, the setup for the mid season. Yes. Do we see any dead act like truly knocking though? Um, Do they knock on anything? I don't recall. Or wait, is there anybody that's like going to die soon? Um, the only one I could think of was Merle knocking on the governor's door. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's pretty vague. When the dead come knocking. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting how they come up with these titles. Um, is there anything like on the wiki? Yeah. I'm too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have the lovely listeners who are going to participate and uh, let us know. Um, also, we have some new responses uh, to uh, some past Q&As and polls and everything, mm. which we're going to read. My phone is charging right now, so we're going to read those for the mid-season finale episode, uh, which will be... Um, you know, one week from the time you guys are listening to this or depending on, you know, if you're listening to it a year from now, it's the next episode. So um, we'll read those. And if you want to have it read 
Uh, if you want to have yours read, go to anchor.fm slash don't dead podcast. Um, and that's going to have all the links. And specifically what we're talking about is on Spotify. Go to the Spotify app, search don't dead open inside, click on, you know, certain episodes, um, cause they're, they're individualized by episodes. So go on to each episode. It's either going to have a question and answer or a poll. You can participate in the poll. The poll I can't really, um, share there was like i like i get like those are just results that you can check out for yourself the q a's is really the interesting part where we get to read what you guys are sending us so do that also yeah what uh, he said yeah get in touch with us on instagram at eddie greens 101 she's at ponies 916 all the information is in the show notes of the podcast um and finally leave us a message on anchor.fm slash don't dead podcast click the message button we would love to hear from you, your actual voices. Yes. So that'll be really cool. What he said. Again, part two. Yeah. Uh, b- b- before we get into the episode, uh, what's going on in our lives? I just started door dashing. You d- we started door. Well, he, st- he signed up. and I signed the up. Passenger. I drive. I pick up the orders. I drop the orders off. You hold the orders. I hold the bags and the and passengers. You, and you play your Nintendo <laughs> Switch. So, I play Animal Crossing in the passenger side. Yeah. I so, just bought the DLC for it. Congratulations. Thank you. So I think it's an incredible side hustle. I love it. I love it so far. Uh, very happy I decided to do it. I recommend everybody does it uh, because it's definitely something that even when the apocalypse happens, we're going to have DoorDash. Well, I was going to say, don't. Uh, everybody should do it because, I mean. Well, like, you know, as long as you're not in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If you're in other work. states, you know, go ahead. Yeah, Florida okay. or Georgia because eventually we'll be in Georgia. So don't do it if you're in Georgia. Yeah, because, no, we kind of like the hustle. Yeah, we love the hustle. But it's the a. Peak. It's great. It's great stuff. So that happened. Um, bought me cheese fries. Yep. Bought you, bought you chili fries tonight. No, it, they're cheese fries. Cheese fries. Um, what, uh, there was one other thing that happened that I wanted to mention. What was it? It was, oh, oh, that's right. We are, um, in the very early stages of starting our collaborative YouTube channel called fans. Wait, what is it called? Fans of something. There we go. Fans of something. Um, we have the name, we have the URL, we have all that stuff. So you can't steal it from us. Um, but fans of something. And, uh, in case you're wondering why it's called that, what's it going to be about? It's going to be mostly... I would say 90% about Funko stuff. You've heard us talk about Funko Pops on here and whatnot. We collect them mutually, something that we're both interested in. Funko's tagline is everybody is a fan of something. And so we were pondering names and I landed on what if we're fans of something? Yeah. But what's really cool is it can be opened up a little bit. You know what I mean? So that's why I said 90%. The other 10% can be other stuff too because we're fans of something else. Correct. So, yeah, yeah. So that's the early stages. Haley has to design the uh, art because she does all that. Like she designed the art for "Don't Dead," "Open Inside," the cover art. So she she does. That's all her. She does all that. So she's doing that. And then once that happens, we're gonna start making YouTube videos. So you guys heard it here first. Fans of something on YouTube. Uh, Check it out. YouTube.com/slash fans of something. We already have like 500 plus subscribers, and we just started. Great. Wonder how that so, happened. Anyways, um, that's that. That's what's going on in our lives. So let's let's get into this, huh? Sure. Okay. <laughs> when the dead come knocking, um, it's definitely setting up for next week's episode. Next week's episode. The next <laughs> episode. Um, and it's got a lot of great moments in it. Like again. I don't like so far there's like I don't hate any episode of season three. I have lesser ones that I like, but there's not a abysmal episode. Yeah. Season three is so strong. And even next week, next week, next episode Hmm. is so strong. No, I think so, too. I definitely think so, too. Yeah, we 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 really enjoy uh, this episode, I think, collaboratively. Um you know, you have the whole little side plot with Milton, which is really cool. Him trying mm-hmm. to figure out if there's a something that lingers in the brain. That's where that song came from that we played at the beginning. Um, there's then, just a lot of coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you have uh, the whole thing with uh, Glenn and, and Maggie being caught and basically tortured. There, there's just great shit. You have Judith being named finally. 
it's 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 a packed episode and then it finally ends with the governor's theme so it's great shit um let me see what it has on rotten tomatoes what do you think it has Mm, i'll give it like a mid 80s mid 80s mid 80s okay all right all right fair enough fair game i don't see it being a perfect episode but i give it like a a solid b a b solid b all (laughs) right all right let's click that let's of course not disable ad blocker has a hundred percent what yep one hundred percent no and it's based on 24 reviews and it says the anticipation is palpable as when the dead come knocking effectively brings team prison and team woodbury together for a mid-season showdown i wonder if there's anybody you know for whatever reason who's very much like anti like rick's team like oh that like sides with woodbury oh yeah i'm sure there are yeah for sure like who even though you know I mean, at the time of airing, it was kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they anticipated 11 seasons out of this. No. But I wonder if at the time of airing, they're like, man, I really just like leave the town. Fuck Rick. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, of course, there's Team Woodbury people out there. Uh, but hopefully, um, it's like that... Uh, there was a great episode of The Tonight Show. Um, this is a side tangent, but really like to, to make, make a point here. Uh, it was Jimmy was doing his monologue, and he was referencing the Pulse nightclub shooting. And during the monologue, he was like, there will always be more good than evil in the world. So there's going to be Team Woodbury's out there, but there's going to be more Team Prisons oh, than yeah. Team Woodbury. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so like when you said that, I was thinking of you know, what Jimmy said that night, there will always be more good than evil in the world. So, uh, having said that, let's read our favorite critics that we love to reference for some reason. Tom Fitzgerald says, thankfully, it looks like the shit is really going to hit the fan come next week's episode when all of the information is finally going to be out on the table. So that's like for next week's episode, but he liked this episode too. And then Kevin Fitzpatrick, talk about kicking things up a notch. While we worried that the number of episodes keep keeping Woodbury and the prison separate could slow the season's pace, when the dead come knocking kicks it into high gear. So, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like if they let it linger on any longer, I would have started to get boring. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so those are the overall thoughts. We, we both dig it. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't dig it, but everybody's their own person. Um, so favorite scene or moment from this episode, who's going first? I don't remember who even went first last. It doesn't matter. I just wanted you to say you were me. Uh, go. I go? Yeah. All right. So favorite scene or moment is going to have to go... <sighs> See, I'm really struggling here, and again, this doesn't make me a bad person or anything. But I love the go- I love the governor. I love the fucking governor. Yes, and I love that he is a much more juicy villain than the next biggest villain in the show, which is going to be Negan. Negan just comes into the show, and he's very kind of one dimensional for a while. The governor comes into the show, and he is so insanely complex. It's amazing. And the reason I preface what I said was or is because my favorite scene in this whole episode is the confrontation between him and Maggie. Yeah. Where really? he, he enters the room. She's stand, uh, sitting there. Um, he goes over to her, cuts her uh, tape or whatever she has on her hands to like free her. Right. Yeah. He's playing a game and I love how he's playing a game. So it's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to unleash you. You're free. Like you're not a prisoner here. Don't worry. Where is your camp though? She doesn't give in. This can be real easy. Tell me where your camp is. He gives her chances, right? I'm not I'm not trying to justify him. I'm just saying he does give her chances. She still holds to it. And then he basically does what they could do on AMC. This is the equivalent of what he does to Michonne in the comics where he basically... You mean they couldn't do on AMC? You said they could. This is the this is the closest they could do on AMC to what they did in the comics. Yes. 
Better in, in the comics, he basically beats the shit out of Michonne and rapes her. So this is the next best thing that we can get to that. So basically tells her, well, you know what? Instead of me, uh, and, I, and, I, and I know it makes you, you know, you don't like it, and I'm sure it's your least favorite scene, mm-hmm. but the look in his face is, is what's so insane to me. So here we go. Your people are dangerous. Handcuff my man to a roof, force him to amputate his own hand. I don't know anything about that. You just tell us where they are and we'll bring them here. You'll be safe, I promise. No? Fine. Let's try something else. Stand up, please. Stand up. So good. So just. Dude, what are you doing? Dude, 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 dude. Dude, it's great. What? That was loud. Oh, I know. I fucking love it. I've been loud tonight. I love it. I'm like, I'm just like on a fucking high DoorDash, like everything. Like, and look, if I was David Morrissey, no, like, this is the role of a lifetime. I don't care what you say, villains are so much more interesting to play. Yes, I agree on that. So we always have to remember that what we're watching is, you know, Lauren Cohan agreed to do this. She was, you oh, know. No, I know she, that. So, so what we're seeing portrayed is obviously very disturbing and, 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 and not okay. But we always got to remember that, you know, this is something that they both rehearsed. This is something they did, made sure everyone was comfortable. So if I was David Morrissey, I'd be through the roof getting material like this. This is the juicy shit right here. You know, it's it's so good. It's so just, it makes you hate the governor. And then he, of course, goes over to her, like bends her over. You think he's going to do something. And then he, then he backs away. It's such a mind game. I love it. This is when the Walking Dead knew how to walk the fine line of mind games and psychological torture. As the show went on, obviously, they got into Negan, and then he just... They just had to outright bash heads in to to shock people. Yeah. So this is more psychological. This is more, you know, this is going to like this, like this plays a whole thing as the season goes on with Maggie and Glenn and, and Maggie feeling like she's her own person and, and she doesn't like how Glenn reacts, you know, like trying to defend her. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm my own person, you know, think about what I went through, shit like that great stuff and it all it's it all starts right here and i just love it i love it so much the look in david morrissey's eyes you know he's he's great you know he um you know he played a doctor Mm. where on doctor who who he he was a he was a doctor okay but no yeah who which one though i don't know he wasn't like one of the named ones he was like one of the like uh it's like one of like a flashback or Oh. Something like that, but he is like te- recently. He no, he's technically a doctor. Because I, I know you like Doctor Who. Yes, I do. So very much so. He played a doctor on Doctor Who. I'll have to look at that because he's British. So every British yeah, person has that. to <laughs> I play for- a doctor. I tend to forget that. What's your favorite scene? Get us out of this slump because mm. I can tell you don't like that. I like this scene, but Mm-mm. I don't care. I I know. Mm. Uh, my favorite is uh the scene. With uh, Andrea and Milton, the where it's the guy who's dying of uh, yeah, prostate but, cancer. Yes. Do you like the whole arc of that? Because it's split up throughout the episode. Or is there right. a, or is there a moment in that? I, that you like? uh, I, I like it as a whole. I like just the inclusion of it, really, because the whole reason behind it. Like I like when they talk. You know, the logistics behind it. And, you know, this, uh, it's 
the you know closest sort of tie to like the CDC sort of esque, you know, and people are still like it's still early enough in this apocalypse where people still want to try and find out what the hell this actually is. Yeah. And yeah. as time goes on, that starts to dwindle. Nobody really cares. It's just sort of like accepting it. But you know, there are still people in season three who want to like specialize in the logistics, mm -hmm. the logistics. And I find that so fascinating in like the world building, you know, trying to, cause like all different apocalyptic, whether it be like games, movies, shows, they all have a different sort of, uh, the why, the what, the when, the where, the how. And I just, I just love it. I so love it. Like in such a fictitious, uh, sort of, you know, premise that people try to put together some semblance of understanding to it. I just I'll love ask it. the questions again, record his responses. I need you to end the subject's reanimated state. All right. I've been trying to determine whether trace memory and human consciousness exist after the subject has transformed, but I had no baseline to work off of until now. Prostate cancer, we didn't have the resources to treat him, so he volunteered to be the test subject. He's been very cooperative. He's a remarkable man. Yeah, I, I love it. I so love it. It's very, there's just something also very human about it mm -hmm. that I love. And Mil also Milton's ignorance just like on the whole thing is sort of interesting to me too. Where cause just seeing like of all people like Andrea and I forget why she's in this room with the him. The governor just brought her over. Yeah, I guess like to see like interest. Yeah. And it's so interesting seeing like his ignorance, like no family, no friends, when this all went down, no whatever. And this is his first time really, you know, a year maybe in finally seeing somebody die. Meanwhile, Andrea's killed tens. Yeah, and her now. sister. Right. So it's interesting seeing that back and forth. Yep, I, I agree. It. I love it. I do, I do. And, you know, like the, the moment where the hand moves and he's like, look, 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 his hand moves, his hand. And uh, Andrea's like, nah, that was, that's just, that's not what we're thinking this is. Yeah, it's his bias of wanting to find something. Yep. And, you know, his eagerness to, like, want to, like, oh, my God, it's finally, like, this is something, this is something, I got it. Kill, stab, Andrea. Yeah. It's a shame Milton never continued on in the show. He was always, uh, he was a, a fascinating, like, what he just said about the uh, the test subject. He's a, a remarkable character. It's a shame he didn't go on further, but yeah. um, I got Eugene questionably enough. Yeah, Whatever. so that's a good scene. That's a good, uh, good. Uh, it's well written. Yeah, good. Uh, well executed. Who wrote this episode? We didn't. We didn't cover that. Written by Frank Renzulli, directed by Dan Sackheim, and original air date November twenty fifth, twenty twelve. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a very well-written episode. Um, like that's the shit that gets my interest. Just, you know, the fine, like, you know, all the blood and guts and gore, you know, definitely keeps us watching. But it's really when we, like, uh, you know, sort of draw back and realize why we're even dealing with shit like this in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. Yeah. So now on the flip side, because you'll go first on this one your least favorite scene or moment is what i just played correct <laughs> absolutely give us more context here come on i mean yeah i i get it i get it like it and i understand like it's not tastelessly thrown in there and you know they could have oh because like, if you know if this was on hbo or something they would have shown you know Tits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would have shown nipples and everything. Oh, I know. So I know it's not tastelessly done it, to where, like, you know, it's all too 
bring down like or um make Maggie oh got a brain farted for mm-hmm. a split second. I wanted to say Lori, whatever. Um Maggie like, you know, to raise her vulnerability to it it ultimately leads to her breaking and telling them that it's the prison that they're at. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, like, when you're exposed like that, again, it's vulnerable. She's scared. Like, now that it's more, like, hands-on, it, you know, I get the reason. I get it. I so get it. But it just kind of draws back on how her and Glenn were interrogated, I think, is what's really getting to me. Because, and I get it, she's a woman, but it's like, you know, you, and I get it, there's Merle that was the one that interrogated Glenn, and the governor was the one that did Maggie, so different, you know, sort of styles, I'm bringing it that way, but, you know, you physically beat and brutalized Glenn, and of course you bring the sexualized aspect toward the woman, the, char- the woman character, when you could have very well thrown her in the same scene, and as a strong female character she is, could have very... Well, like choreograph something. It's just, it makes me uncomfy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, that would have happened if it was uh, Merle would have had, he would have done his, you know, flirty, flirt, flirt, Merle shit. But I don't feel like he would have uh, gone to the extreme that the governor went to. I don't know. I don't think he would have. I don't know. But it's just. I mean, no, I mean, no matter what you do, right? It's it's a man. It, like it, it would have been Merle or the governor, right? So it's either way, it's gonna rubs. It's gonna rub all of female society the wrong way because if it's a man beating a woman, okay, we don't like that. Or if it's a man sexually assaulting a woman, whether it's you know physical or just psychological, taking her shirt off, we're not gonna like that either. So that's what they, you know, it it shows a lesser of two evil, I guess. In the context of the situation, I feel like, like throwing a walker in at Maggie would have been, you know, because like in the context of the show, it would have made sense. And I understand the psychological, like I understand, I get it. I so get it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and I'm not judging it by its, you know, its execution, you know, well acted. Like, again, you were saying the psychological thing. It's just as a viewer, as a viewer, as a passenger along, you know, it's just so... And again, as a female, it's... Like, I... It's just so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. Mm. And... You know, if it was on HBO and it went a little further, I would just I'd be able to justify it less because I'm one of those people who think that like you can tastefully do like uh uh I don't this is so worded bad like a sexually assaulting like that in because it's you know unfortunately what happens in our society and to portray that in situations you can tastefully i use that in extreme air quotes do that like they did here Mm -hmm. and i'm saying like if it went any further like even a single like a half step further i would have said this is unnecessary because there are like some movies and shows that do you know go out of their way to show like a rape scene Mm -hmm. and i think that's so like don't why why are you doing that why 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 well, if it had gone, if it was on HBO and it had gone to the extremes, the fighting argument would be, well, it's it's the source material, and the source material is like, pff, there's no rating for the source material for the comics. Yeah, you I know, get they're, it. They're 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 un they are the director's cut unrated triple X. Yeah, I get it. So it's just I can I can't I can never ever and if anybody can prove me wrong, you can try, but. Portraying like rape, like graphically in movies, TV shows, what have you, I think is unjustifiable. But, but what I'm saying, but bashing is, someone's head in is, uh, 
See, it's it's it, it, it it's all because it's it comes down to a personal thing, right? And it, it it comes down to, you know, if you can relate to the character that's you know been sexually assaulted, you don't like it because you have a background with it. If you ha- like, if you know somebody in your personal life that has had their head bashed in, you're not gonna yeah, you're I not gonna it. justify head bashing in on television. Yeah. I get it. You know, so it comes down to you don't like it because it's something that personally can affect you. Yeah. Right? That's why and why you have a lesser issue because you don't know anyone that's had their head bashed in or or, or whatever. And I think, not to cut you off, but like, I think like just trying to, you know, on the fly justify it in my head, the difference. I think it's because like when it comes to bashing somebody's head in like on a show movie, it's, you know, it's practical effects, it's makeup, it's prosthetics, it's what have you. Whereas, like, when it's assault, when it's, like, a rape, it's very, like, there's no, besides, like, the obvious, like, clothing in between that it's obligatory to wear, it's very much just human. Like, it's just you and another, like, the two actors, like, two humans. There's no... You know, it's just more close, more but it's something they closer agree to reality. On. It's, it's, oh yeah, well, it, uh, both both of them happen in real life. I know, both I of get them it. are unfortunate, and um, I think it's justifiable in a case by case situation. So um, we could get right. we, like we could go on and on. And no, I know I'm not saying, and I'm just I'm just saying, and this is, this is even a tangent. I like. Going back to, you know, what we're even talking about, I think it's fine here. It just, any semblance of it makes it uncomfortable for me to watch. So yeah. I don't enjoy watching this scene, no if, matter how well done it is. If anything, I I find it unfortunate that The the Walking Dead, because of how much I love it, it that it did end up on AMC because it is uh, pretty watered down and... It's still enjoyable. It's still very fun to watch, but you just know if you're familiar with the source material, you just know that there's more that they could have done. Oh yeah, and the lawlessness, and it's, and, and it's just unfortunate that we can't see that portrayed um, because of the channel it's on. Oh, I so get it. I get it. My least favorite scene uh, is going to be, and it's and it's it's not even something I have an issue with necessarily. It's just it feels like the episode is so good with the momentum and everything, and then this scene happens, and it just kind of makes me hit the brake for a second. It's when they go into the cabin and they find the guy sleeping. Yeah, it's it's cool on one hand because it's like, oh, this guy's so like he's asking for the he's he's like. He's one of those people that just like said fuck the world and went off into a cabin. It's great. Like I love that. Like those people exist. I'm sure if the uh, when the apocalypse happens, we're going to run across people like that. However, the way he acts and everything, he's like call the cops right now. And like they're telling him to shut up and he won't shut up and then yeah, he becomes walker bait and then they have that great kind of throwback to the the horse from season 1 in, in Atlanta. Uh, it's you know it's it, it's cool. He's just he feels so out of place, and I guess that's the point. But it just makes the episode kind of hit the break for me. It yeah. goes like, whoa, okay, I don't was this necessary? Did yeah, they have to run across? In this episode, yeah, like I would time. like, yeah, like maybe in a lesser episode, they would have thrown this in, and I'd go, oh, well, that's the highlight. Yeah, but this is such a great episode that this feels totally unnecessary to see. And undermined. And if anything, they should have stunt casted. They should have put like Jim Carrey in the role or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would have been great to see like yeah. Jim Carrey pop or like, you know, maybe not someone that famous, but someone that's borderline semi-famous, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> okay, that's that's funny. But um, it just didn't work for me. It was just like, uh, okay. Thankfully, it, it comes and goes, but I don't know. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it. Not yeah, lie. see? And so that's why it's my least favorite because it's kind of forgettable. Um, if it was in a better episode or a lesser episode, a lesser episode, you'd remember it because yes, it's the highlight correct, of the episode. Correct, correct. Like I'm telling you, I hate this episode. It might be my least favorite episode, season four's episode where it's Beth and Daryl, the whole episode, and they're oh, just and they're yeah. just going around the I know exactly what you're the woods, about. and she wants to get drunk. That's yes. when they should have run across the guy. Yes, that would have been great. Um, but anyways, 
that's that. MVP of the episode. There's a lot of potentials here, uh, I think. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to go on this one? Um, <clears throat> you go ahead. All right. Just in case you say mine. I'm going with... I'm going with Carl because Carl. he names the baby. He's like, hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Kind of like that. I understand. I, I understand that, you know, we're gearing up for battle. I understand mom's dead. I understand <laughs> I had to shoot her in the head. <laughs> but hold on. Can we not forget that we have a newborn? And yeah, she might not have a social security number like you pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's so funny. We might not know so the funny. time and date she was born. But she needs a goddamn name. <laughs> Daryl's calling her a little ass kicker. And that's funny, but come on. Can that go on a birth certificate when that happens? Did no. she, there's no birth certificate. She's there's when that happens. Kidding. When that happens. Years down the road when they have to like catch up with everything. You think so, people will remember birth certificates? So... I love it because he goes, remember, like, it's weird that he pulls his third grade teacher. Like, I don't yeah, know. It's just yeah. weird. And it's funny. That's the real, well, there's a bunch of reasons why that's the scene we played just because it's I, kind of iconic. Uh, we get you its name. But I love how he goes, do you remember my third grade teacher? Of and, course. And yeah. But like Rick, the way he acts is like, of course. And he's like, to me, it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't know. You don't remember his third grade teacher. <laughs> You're doing that dad thing where you lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah, but why a third grade teacher? I've never understood that. Eh, I don't know. There has to be... Is it the same in the comics? Is oh, I don't know about that part. I nah, don't know. Nah. Um, But I love it. Uh, it's So he's the MVP. He names <laughs> Judith. Who is your MVP? Uh, um, you know, I'm going again... With Michonne. Okay. Again. Michonne. Just because, um, you know, it guess, I guess, nah, I was going to say it, it goes in a part of it doesn't make sense, but I feel like it does in a way. You know, because Rick is very, like, walking, he always walks on egg eggshells. So it's like, for him to, like, he didn't even want to be in the same vicinity as those two prisoners uh whatever their fucking names are that i can never remember and he brings this stranger like practically into their cell block like it's just i guess something about her besides you know the basket and it's the fact that she like she she's a badass and she, you know, she knows information. She knows how to get there. She knows how, first of all, she even knew how to get to the prison. And, you know, she, for much of the same reason why she was my MVP an episode or two ago, or both, I think, she she brings the midseason. You know, she's literally the driving force of this plot. Had she not been at the scene where Glenn and Maggie had gotten taken... You know, she eventually they would have realized that they were gone. But where? Where? And that's why we have Michonne. And I love Michonne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She could. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's She's the front runner. It's easy to keep saying Michonne. Yeah, and I will. <laughs> so I'm going to as much as I can try to refuse. Because I've already I've already labeled her an, an an MVP and I forget what episode, but um. Well, she was. I don't know. I just. I love how Rick grabs her leg. Like that's just like yeah. Like, that's always so segueing into that doesn't make sense. That's the first thing. Why did he do that? Like, that's like sort of out of character for Rick because it's like he's trying to inflict pain on someone to get an answer out of him. Like, but she's a woman and he never really like that. Always bizarre. Like, threw me for a loop. Like, why did you just viciously grab her leg? I guess Rick. because it was dire. And it, I guess it goes along. I feel like it goes along with this character because he makes quick decisions in, you know, uh, intense moments. Like when something has to be done, like quick, 
to get something fast. He does that. He does something rash. I think. As he's pulling up the scene. Were they attacked? They were taken. Taken? By who? By the same son of a bitch who shot me. Hey, these are all people. You tell us what happened now. <laughs> he's just like, you tell me now, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you up. Uh, it's just weird. It's just out of left field. It's like eh. you, you, you just could have got up in her face and made her smell your stank breath. Eh. Um, I was going to say the logistics behind like her being shot in the leg. The We don't see an exit wound unless, to my knowledge, who knows? And if there were, I'm sure it would be worse. But just being, you know, stitched up. In about like an hour later, you're already out on the run. Mm. But this is coming from the guy that's stitching her only having one leg and surviving. <laughs> so I'm going to let it pass. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, uh, uh, adrenaline really kind of. I guess. Kind of pushes you through. Plus, she does, sh- she does faint. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode. And you're telling me like that's probably from like loss of blood and you're telling me they did a blood transfusion right yeah. how did she even get blood back where'd it come from yeah. for her to be conscious and then again to go out running mm. also in the same goddamn day i understand it's a television show i understand it's you know you got to kind of let some of the stuff slide, but how did they know that this dude was going to die? Like, how did they know he was going to die? Like, I understand prostate cancer is bad, but you don't know how long it's going to take. Right. Actually I can granted they don't show it in the show, but I do have an answer. Um, do do you want it? Uh, well, when no, I don't want the answer. No, I, I'm saying like because they don't show it in the show, but I know like the actual answer, like of how you know somebody will is like about to die, especially because it's cancer. There's something like, you know, they go into the state that he's in, and eventually, you know, it's like it spreads, like cancer spreads. And, you know, it gets to the rest of your body. And I don't know if he would have, like, in actuality, had he been dying the same day, would he have been able to be conscious enough to raise a finger to the following statements? That doesn't make too much sense. But whatever, show's a show. Um, Cancer... People like when they're about to die. Cancer people. <laughs> people with cancer. I am so sorry. Um, they have what's called uh, the death rattle. It's when they're pretty much like in his state, like bed bound, like can't even like open their eyes. Um, it's this, it's like the mucus draining in their throat because they're like, it's them being unable to swallow like on their own and it's literally like a gargle every time they breathe and the prognosis once that starts is about like no more than 72 hours so if you know depending on the condition that they're in and you could also judge by like the color of their extremities you know the paler they are so you know, it's pretty evident in real life. This is all in real life. In real life. Um. All right. All right. Let's see here. We're skimming through. Skimming through. Uh. Uh. I don't know. the The guy in the cabin. Like, yes, I can understand if it was like. A month or two into it. But this guy's like out in the middle of nowhere. You're telling me that he went this whole time. And let's uh, hypothesize that he went off a hunting. And 
you're telling me that he's just been hunting, like, probably with a gun. With a gun. We I think we see him with a gun. And nothing? No walkers? Yeah. And the, them walkers love the woods for some reason. Yep. Nothing? Yeah, lucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, I'm telling you, he's just, he's useless. He's he's so out of, out of out of left field in this episode. Hello. Um, I think that's it in terms of what doesn't make sense. So uh, to round out the episode, we're going to do our fist pump moment, the moment that makes us want to go. So what is it for you? Um. Well, mine is the ending with specifically the moment when uh, Rick's hiding behind, I uh, forget what it is, but it's something. And he's like looking on to Woodbury and the governor's theme like is playing and it's like, bum, 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 bum. It's just very like, th- these are the moments that make me want to binge. These are the moments that make me, like, God, leaving off and then cutting, like it zooms into the governor's face and then it cuts. And it makes me kind of like, God, as he's like, Andrea's like cuddling up to him and like she's thinking like, oh, he's like, he has my back. And meanwhile, he's ulterior motive. Oh, yeah. And uh, honorable mention to when Glenn has that walker thrown at him. Just because like, God, you really see that this is a man, whereas this is not the same pizza boy we saw two seasons ago. That was, you know, and it's also one of the many moments where it's like, Glenn dead? No, not yet. The other, I forget what happened before. That was pretty close to like, they just want to try and kill off Glenn, but they don't. Yeah. Right here. Ten people. That's deep in the red zone. There's no way only So ten. she's lying? Because if she's lying, that means a pretty sizable force has moved into our backyard. But if she's not, this group of your brother at its core has done something you told me couldn't be done. They did it. be out there right now searching for him. Blood is blood, right? Makes me wonder where your loyalties lie. Here. You two get a small group and scout this prison. I want to know exactly what we're dealing with. Yeah, so good. Bear McCreary, shout out to he's an honorable mention of MVP because he uh, he composes all this music and this is really the introduction of the uh, the governor's theme. Like it's been sort of flirty, I th- I feel like throughout some episodes, but this is when it's really like most prevalent. And it's like it's 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 the governor is is fully here. You took both of mine. Like I was gonna say like. Uh, this is this is my this is my uh, fist pump moment. Honorable mention to the moment when Glenn like hulks out yeah. and he uh, just yells. That's funny. After having you know beaten the shit out of a walker single handedly. Um, well, yeah, right. I, I was gonna say I love how sorry I love how it's so like it's so it, it's such a classic two side opposition coming to a head and war. Like, and it's not even really a war. Like we, we know how season three goes. It's really not even a war, but it's, you thought that that's what it was going to be leading up to it. But it's so funny. Like when you watch this shit and it's just like, why, why are humans so stupid? Why are we so stupid? Why are we so, this is my territory. That's your territory. And let's fight. Let's do that. Let's fight. Cause my territory is my territory. It can't be your territory because it's my territory. 
So we're we're just gonna fight you now. We're that that, that that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna fight you now. You know, the whole motion on world peace. Yeah, that's like the premise. But this is like a small thing, right? Yeah, like I'm obviously world peace is bullshit, but this is like a, just a small thing. It's just one group and another group, and it's like they could be friends. They really could. They could help each other. They really could help each other. But they're gonna fight. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great. It's great drama. But you really realize how stupid humans are. Really, it's the governor's doing. As she yawns. As I'm yawns, I yawn. At one fifteen in the morning. Oh, fifteen in the morning. Um, in the a.m. morning. Um, it's really the governor who like wants nothing to do with nobody because, like Rick, he you know again walks that fine line. Like he's like he's like a dog, like going to like sniff your hand, and it's like. If you have good smell, friend. Bad smell, no friend. Whereas, like, the governor is like, I want nothing to do with nobody new. Everybody who's here is here, and anybody new can suck it. Yeah. Like, literally, like, he couldn't even have that one guy, that one uh, pilot, I think he was. One guy was one just one extra mouth to feed, even though they like they had, like, bountifuls of everything. No. And yes, that is very stupid. Yeah. Very stupid. It's annoying and frustrating. It's just like, come Probably, on, guys. It has to do with power, I'm sure. Like, yeah, you know. It's all power dynamics. Who has the bigger dick? All that <laughs> shit. Um, Rick. Uh, just because it rhymes with dick. Right. Um, right. So there we go. Uh, it's great. Oh, throwback to that. I mean, like, that's literally a line that comes from Negan at some point, you know, something along the lines of, you know, are we going to play a dick measuring contest? Because we know why I'm the winner. <laughs> Something like that. How big is his dick? So uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, oh, you have an answer? So that is season three, episode seven. The episode right before the midseason finale. That is when the dead come knocking. Great episode, except for that fucking off the grid guy. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, if we have any things that we missed in that that doesn't make sense segment, or if you have a different MVP, whatever, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear your responses <laughs> to that stuff. And we're just going to get out of here because you know what to do with the podcast and we have nothing else to say, I don't think. I'm tired. Okay. So until we talk to you next time, bring your own pants. Bring your own. <laughs> bring bring, bring your, your own. God, just say it. I was saying it, and then you didn't say it. Yeah. Why I didn't just, you say it? I zoned out. <laughs> in the next time, in between time. No, we don't do that. Whatever. So until we talk to you sure. in the next episode, which is right. going to be the mid-season finale. Yeah, all right. I think it's called Made to Suffer. I don't know. I think okay. just going off memory here. I could yep. be wrong. Right. Anyways, whatever the midseason finale of mid, I'm not even going to cut this. Whatever the midseason finale of season three is until we talk to you next time, bring, bring your, your own, own pants. pants. Otherwise, oh, there it is. <laughs> hey.